0: hey everybody welcome back to the social distance podcast as promised we're back on the day that we said we would be uh we talk about you know we, we touch on the uae tour we touch on the Strata bianchi the big crash there and then we go down a big wormhole of talking absolute shit telling stories about biffo on on and off the bike george tells a story about people shitting themselves in races um and we sell out we've sold out as we told you guys last week we've signed with the big networks now so we're not doing this shit for free anymore this episode is brought to you by manscapes Yes.
1: I like how when we signed with the DM Network, we were very like, we were upfront. We said, hey, we're not going to sponsor stuff unless we believe in it. So send us a case of gin and a couple of slabs of beer. I don't know why I put that voice on, but. Um, and they said, all right, well, we'll just give you products that we think you need to use. And they've sent us Manscaped, which do like ball shavers. So I was thinking... How, well, I how, think that uh, the more how telling they know?
2: was all deodorant. And I think that that was aimed at you.
1: No, nah, h- hang on, mate. Don't tell me that your nuts smell like bloody roses. <laughs> like, I reckon you could do with some crop preserver and crop reviver. But the beauty is, this, this stuff, like, I, I'm not going to piss in their pocket too much. It's awesome. Like, mm. they, they give you like a... Like, I can't believe, like, it got to the point where we're telling people about shaving your dad's crackers, but they give you like a full-on blow-by-blow how to do it, uh, oh, really? and they give you give you like the the weed whacker. So you know, when as a bloke, you get those annoying like nose hairs where you can't get to it. This thing goes where no shaver goes before, you can
2: get. Wow, the- oh, you've con- you've got me concerned there. Is that staying in your nose?
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> when you get to forty. Hair grows out of every orifice. So it starts mm. with the ears and nose, and I'll just keep working I think this is it. a great
2: product for me to endorse because I'm a notoriously baby-faced man, so mm. no uh, ability to grow hair on my face, but I have the hairiest ass you've ever seen. And- well,
1: <laughs> this is the perfect size. Like, you can get right in there. Oh, you reckon
2: in your Delta oh. Goodroom. You but then face. you
1: can't <laughs> switch from ass to nose, so... You've got to make it cool. Like, it's like so that,
2: cream and sunscreen. You've got to get your order of
0: operations right. You've got to put your cream
2: on before your sunscreen. You can't That's buzz it. your ass
0: before you buzz your nose. And they, but they give you the full blah, blah, blah. And since you have got a you've got a baby face. <laughs> like has, yeah, they give you products
1: and they go, talk them up. And we are talking about creative ways of shaving your bum hole. We go, it's meant for the nose, but
0: we could use this for other areas wherever there's hair let's go Manscape well, they do fo- manscape do focus on the full body so you can they act- they have actually just released the ultra premium collection which would be good for you George since you've got nothing to shave on your face they got shampoos yeah. they've got conditioners they've got body body gels and if you guys, or girls or you know by the sounds of it you can do whatever you want with these products even though they're intended for different purposes you can go to manscape.com use the code sdp20 for 20 percent off and free shipping anywhere in the world so get onto it that's good we're uh, that's endorsing good. this product we're endorsing this product because we believe in it and we don't want, yep. we don't want to hear about George's hairy ass any longer <laughs> head to toe baby's so,
2: bottom yeah and I will smell like Roses. I tell you what, I need is that crop preserver up here. It's minus five outside. I gotta go for a bike ride.
1: Mm. Oh, mm. mate, it, oh, I'm not. I'm telling you the absolute truth because you know when people sell products, you go, "He's never used it." I actually have, and this smell is next level. It is. Mm. So get amongst it. The uh there you the go, crop go Manscape. The
0: ball cone. Manscape.com. It's easy to remember. Sdp 20 percent off and free shipping. Let us know how it goes. Everyone, let's let's just
1: run the intro and wing
0: it like we always do, and see what comes out of it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Mm. Front kick. chat. My radar's going pretty hard at the moment. I think we should... Will you
2: shut, shut up, up man? man
0: that escalated quickly. Oh,
2: we're gonna to need to get some more
0: qualified guests on this, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Boys are back. We're back, and a lot's happened. In those two weeks. In the cycling world, at least. Well, you could argue a lot's happened or you could argue fuck all's happened because just the same guy's been winning everything. Oh, Pogman. <laughs> Pogman, Pogman's cleaned up in UAE. He's killed he's cycling. Coming. He's killed
1: it. He's, it's not fun anymore. It's like playing a computer game on cheat mode. Oh,
0: he's playing PlayStation, that guy. Yeah. I tell you what's his, his,
2: his strata His win was oh. unreal, but also the fact that the, the run-in... So we did, obviously we did UAE tour and then we actually stayed. Uh, so you guys all left, we, you finished on the Saturday. And I think you guys left like that night, right. Everyone flew back to Europe, whatever. We ended up hanging around for like four days to meet the president of the UAE, which was, um, pretty interesting life experience. Um, but that what meant did that, that we would. Did...
1: did you go to the palace?
2: Yeah, man you yes we went to got no idea it's so to meet this guy we've met a few pretty high up in the royal family of the uae but um there's a holding there's a meeting palace you go to um and you know to even see him there's there's a whole day of of checks just to see this guy i've met him for like a minute and a half you know so but that involves you know pcr tests like security checks you know all your passports and stuff so there's a whole whole rigmarole around it. And also, you know, he's a pretty busy guy. So you can't be like, Oh, I want to meet the team. I'll see you tomorrow. He's like, We'll see you Tuesday, Wednesday afternoon. So you're going, okay, well, cool. We're in UAE for a bit. So um we were sort of there after the race, not really training because we were in the middle of Abu Dhabi, you know, riding a little bit to the city, but no, you couldn't you couldn't really train. You could just ride. And then, you know, we were all the chefs, all the race food, everything had gone home. So we're sort of there with, you know, your deep fried chicken from the, the Joe's garage or whatever that restaurant is down the bottom. So we were there for like, he would have got home, I guess, Wednesday night or something. Didn't do any recon because he had to go home to, you know, change his undies and then rolls into strata and just pulls a number on everyone. I just think like, man, this guy is actually my hero. And he actually just, everything is just done for him.
0: Freak. Mate, he's, he, his in strata was anything but boring. Like, you know, it mm. was, like, I just yeah. love the balls on the guy. He's just, I don't know how he sits on his seat, eh? Like, he, mm. he is, he's, <laughs> he's a new generation. <laughs> That's a good analogy. I don't <laughs> know
1: how he sits on the seat. His balls are that big. And
0: he attacked on a downhill as well, on the gravel. Yeah. Just I was shooting myself
2: watching him, When I turned that on, I just seen Ella Philippe do about three fucking front flips over his handlebars, and I saw it was like super windy. And I turned, saw him just like going down, like front wheel like skipping down the downhill. I was like, oh, no Just there my whole season plan just sort of capitulating and like him losing his front wheel, but he pulled it off.
0: I, was, thought I, I, a crash. Oh, I thought you
2: had a crash. I thought you had a crash. I thought you were all down on the ground, and then I saw you rock up to the back of this peloton and say, "Boys, what's up?"
0: Oh man, I was fucking lucky. I was so lucky. Like everyone, everyone that into cycling would have seen this crash from Strada Bianchi on the weekend. Like it was insane. And honestly, there's a couple of guys that, quite a number of guys that didn't finish the race, including our leader Michael Matthews. He crashed. He crashed pretty badly as well. but got some end up with ten stitches in his chin. Um. Tish Benute, the leader of number, he crashed out. A number of guys crashed out, but I'm surprised. There's like, there's been no injury report. Like, no one broke any bones in that crash. Like, I was sh- for sure thought I was going to read like at least a collarbone. You know, yeah. I, I don't know how they came out of it unscathed because I I'd had a small crash just before, like this about three k before the start of that sector. It was like it's a really important sector in Strata, and because of the wind, like it was super windy that day. Everybody everybody knew that we needed to be in the front for that sector it's quite a technical sector and then with the wind coming from the side there so it was a big rush to the to the sector i i i got taken some guy from um the old eolo team he he sort of like i don't know what happened but he kind of fucked up a bit and hit me and just pushed me off into the grass and i kind of just leant on the on the grass and then basically got straight back on but i <clears throat> i was last we were going into the sector and i was like this is not going to be pretty back here fucking crosswinds on the gravel i was just it's swinging it's, it's at the it's back. one that
2: goes up
0: you know is it's that one A eh, we're
2: always splits like it's the longest it starts, it's or something
0: yeah it starts uphill and then it's like but then there's quite a lot of downhills and things yeah yeah and i was at the back and i it was f- fucking hard back there and so i was sort of coming like there was a group of us kind of like getting split off the back coming back to the bunch getting split off the back coming back to the bunch <clears throat> and then just as before the crash happened it was a really windy section so it was sort of split into quite a few different groups and i was back like second or third car and then like i cut, i started running back at the car at the bunch again and i was at the top of the crest fully open tuscan hills top of the crest and it went down really steep and then it went up steep the other side so i could see like 500 meters in front of me and i could see the bunch in the dip about to start the the up the next uphill and then next thing i know mate it was just like fucking bike riders spread across the tuscan hills like huge crash and i was like Fuck. at that point after being pissed off at this dude to take me out i just wanted to buy him a beer i was like mate you saved my life <laughs> you saved my life i would have been in that crash and i would have been the one guy on in the injury report probably <laughs> something have, broken. oh no, For
2: no sure you were broken enough collarbones for the whole color
0: yeah mm. all right i would have broken my sixth collarbone having any, i've only got two of them but i would have found a way to do it but Philippe literally somersaulted and the most mm. impressive thing about Philippe was the way he crashed like when he races he races with panache when he crashes he crashes with panache oh, but yeah. the motherfucker he, he got back to the front and was attacking and racing like i don't know how he did that because i i came in like you say george onto the back of the crash and i stopped like i stopped for like 20 seconds to see if bling was okay was and you know be, be prepared to offer him a wheel or yeah, or be prepared to like try to help chase him back to the bunch but it was clear he wasn't going to continue racing so i got going again and i got going not long after alaphilippe like so i could see alaphilippe in front of me and i was going fucking hard i was by myself admittedly he had a couple of teammates but he got back i never i never ever got back and is, that
2: uh, that just go, is there a shortcut to the bus or you have to
0: go the whole way around <clears throat> no there's a shortcut so there's a there's heaps of us there was about we're in a group of about 30 guys and wow. um we went like we followed. You follow the court. We followed the race. Well, we we tried to come back for like 20k because there's a there was a big sector section of normal road off that sector before the next big sector. So I kind of thought, oh, there might be a chance we could come back actually. Um, and then we we couldn't. So then yeah, we just went straight to know And then so I got to the, that. That was when I I got I got on the bus and there was like 15k to go in the race or something. And I walked on and and Pogacar's, um fiance in our in our women's team, Eriska. And so she was on the bus watching the race and I walked on and like she's a bit of a laugh and I saw that the the, the coverage was just of Pogachar by himself and I was like, oh who's this guy? What's he up to? Just taking the piss <laughs> a bit. And then she was just like oh fucking idiot. He attacked on a downhill. Fucking now he wants to risk everything. And then and fifty K like to like go. Caitlin. What's he thinking? What's he thinking? <laughs> fifty K to go. I love that that he oh, well. wins He'll win, he'll win Strata and just get a ball king from his missus. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah, but yeah. was, you know what's crazy is that that Strata win wasn't even the most ridiculous thing that's happened in cycling in the last three days. Did you guys see what happened in Paranese yesterday? Oh, mate. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I got home from training. I had to work. Like yesterday, you wouldn't believe my day. So it was like crazy snow up here. So I drove down to start training. And I get out of the car. My bike's not working. And i was like you are kidding me i've just kitted up taking me like half an
0: hour to cut up with all the hats is this and... is this another george bennett um mountain out of a molehill no mole, hill? no this was it? a proper <laughs> absolute crack of a day
2: so i'm i start riding and get like 10 seconds into my ride maybe like a minute you know just down the whole hill and i realize like, oh my gears aren't working so i'm stopped and it's like maybe like minus two minus three raining and i'm like this is ridiculous like sleet, sleet snow and I had four hours in the cars. And then, like, so I'm sitting there trying to fix it. And, like, this bloke from Star rolls past. whom they've had Campag for the last five years. So they know exactly how to fix it. I've got no idea. My first year. And he just gives me the old, like, you all right, mate? Like, wave. Like, oh, you okay? I'm clearly standing there with my bike upside down trying to yeah. – like, clearly not – clearly need some help. And I was like, nah, I don't. And he's like, see ya. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's like, roll roll? it's what? like
0: when – He's giving you the old, like, someone's got a – like, when you're out training and there's, like, a, a yeah. bunch of, like, oh, uh, weekend warriors on the side of the road with a one of them's got a flat tie and the bike's upside down and they're trying to put the wheel back and then you just, like, accelerate past them. Like, are you all right? But, yeah. but what's, the eti- <laughs> what's the
1: etiquette for a complete cycling nuffy? If you see someone on the side of the road, is it etiquette you've got to go pull over and give them a hand if they're in I the pro a, kit?
2: Are you okay? And then just hope, like, how they say – uh yes but i had it once i had this me and Sepp course were out riding in france from here we did this we're doing a seven hour day it was term is seven and a half hour. it and pretty like an hour and a half in we passed this guy in the middle of nowhere in these back roads down like out of extra terms and he's walking up this hill and we ride past like we we're hooking, and we're like oh you're right mate and he's like no and we're like oh fuck. okay and then we're like uh <laughs> What do you need? And I looked at his bike and it was like derailleur hanger was hanging off. And he's like, oh, can you guys, here, I'll give you my keys. My car's parked, three car up this hill. Can oh. you go get my car and bring it down for me?
0: So you <laughs> don't like your
2: chat, let alone having to work for it. <laughs> and we were just looking at him like, mate. <laughs> oh. We looked at and we looked at each other like, all right. We we would give you a tube if that was what was your problem was. We'd even yeah. help you fix the you. Yeah. But I'm not going to go and pick up your car that's out of a seven and a half hour ride. Like
0: uh, you're on your own. Walk.
2: <laughs> I just said take your shoes off. You'll get there faster.
0: Um, yeah, I, I'd stop if it's someone by themselves and it looks like they're having a hard time. But if there's a group of them, I wouldn't.
2: Oh, he yeah. was alone. But his car is yeah. three. He can walk three k. damo Hausen told me this unreal story yesterday. About when he first moved to Girona, uh, to Andorra, he did. So cold Ordino, you can go from this side or the other side. But in the winter months, like right now, it's closed because there's a barrier at the top. So you can go up all the way to the top and you can go almost to the top from the other side. But there's normally a patch of snowed road that's still closed. And this is obviously a pretty bad snow year. So he came up the back of this side at the end of a six-hour ride and he thought he was just going to drop down and be at his house. So he goes through the barrier And then he hits the ice and he's like, oh, it can't be that much ice. So he walks for like a K on this ice. And then he comes across these these hikers that come up and he's like, oh, how how far is the ice? How far is the snow down? And they said, oh, it's 2K. And he's like, "Mm, shit. Okay. Well, he's already walked a K down and he's got to walk. So if he, you know, otherwise he'd have to walk all the way back up and then ride another hour to get home. Or he could just walk for 2K and be home in 15 minutes after that. So he keeps walking, keeps walking, keeps walking, realizes that they'd said 2K vertical because they just walked straight up the side of the hill. But of course, the hill zigzags down. So he walked for 7K at the end of the 6K. <laughs> oh, the ride the oh the no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Daryl Impey once had to push me home 30K because I couldn't... Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. it was actually, it's actually quite a funny story. It's like... It, it was my first year in Girona and we had a call in a few weeks ago. They wanted to hear some more Biffo stories. So this is sort of a Biffo story. It was 2010 and it was just for Commonwealth games. And I was going there on the track and it also revo- results in another broken bone of mine. And um, we, were, we were riding back from Banyoles, and we were about 25 K from Girona and we were coming down this downhill in this really small village and uh, <clears throat> um And then this guy in this BMW, like fucking M3 or whatever, some fast V8 BMW, came past us at like eighty k an hour, past us on the inside of this blind corner, and literally pushed us across, like almost off the road. So I like gave him the fingers, which I used to do back in my younger days. I don't do it so much anymore, maybe because of the story. So I I gave this guy the fingers, and he so he just slammed his brakes on. His BMW and I was like fuck coming in at like 50k an hour swerved his car as I swerved around his car he jumped out of the car out of the driver's seat and he was a massive dude and he just grabbed me by the back of my shirt and just fucking threw me off the road just literally oh. manhandled me threw me straight off the road and I was just like oh. phew, tumbled broke my, hand, <laughs> broke my hand broke my hand broke my hand and fucking blew, my knee was smashed my knee into this rock but I was so angry. I was so angry that I just literally did the ala Fleet somersault straight back onto my feet. First thing I did was I went down, took my cycling shoes off, mm. and I was like, righto, I'm going. I'm, I'm yeah. like, I was just seen red, you know? I was like, cleat to the to a, jaw. A, I was like a boulder red. And this guy was like seven foot tall and like 200 kgs. And I was like, I'm going to die trying. I'm dying trying. I was so angry. And then as I got, I started like running at him with my shoes. Well, I'd taken my shoes off so I wouldn't slip over. And then he just grabbed this, um, like one of those like ropes out of his, you know, those ropes that you use with a big metal hook on the end to tie things up. And he was just swinging oh. it at me. I was like, "This guy's a fucking psychopath." Is that Mortal Combat?
2: And- <laughs> if you're driving around in a in an M three, you don't have a tie down in the back of your car. You know, you're not using it to no. tie stuff down. You're using that. To no, play.
0: that's it. And I was, I was like, "This guy's a psychopath." Like, I'm pretty angry. But at that point, I was like. Mm. My hands pretty sore, Pick my knee was like twice the size of my other knee. And Imps was just standing back like oh, so I don't know if it's a good idea. And I was just like abusing this guy. And then eventually he just drove off. And then I couldn't write. My knee was my knee was so swollen. I couldn't pedal. So Imps had to push me all the way back. And that then would I went
2: into uh, his YouTube channel. Eh? I wish he would had a camera yeah. there.
0: Oh yeah. And fun, it funny funny enough, it, it, it turns out that the front lawn that I landed that this guy threw me onto is now owned by Jack Bauer. So every time I go to Jack Bauer's <laughs> house, I always look at this <laughs> ditch in his front yard and think, "Fuck! I've been in that ditch before, mate." <laughs> some behemoth, oh, some behemoth cool. from Palota River d- threw me. Yeah, into it did, 50 did you
1: did you find that after that moment that imps gave you instant respect because you're a mad dog and you went back at the seven foot guy? Because you know, as mates, mm. you don't know mates until you know the shit goes down. But in that mm. moment, he would have gone. No, nah, full cred to Bills. Like, you know, backs against the wall. He went at a guy that was swinging a hook. Like it's like I'll tell You credit, see a lot of you know? two colours
2: in that situation. We had it in training camp with Jumbo Visma and we were riding along in Austria and this guy comes up and and brushes us and straight away we were in a group of like twelve guys. Straight away up on the up on the double, giving them the flipping him the bird. He slams his brakes on in front of the group. We <laughs> were like, whoa. And it was pretty interesting to see the guys that were in his window trying to steal his keys and kick his wing mirrors in versus the guys that were turning around and riding the other way. I went, yeah. I didn't expect him to be riding away, but I also didn't expect you to be leaning in the window trying to steal his cars
0: because this guy's nearly killed us. Yeah. But in that situation, you'd always back yourself. Like pack mentality is – there's a lot of confidence in pack mentality, eh? Like, mm. even if even if you were not a confrontational guy, you 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 didn't want to do that stuff, you'd just be like, I'd come in real hot. Like, it'd be, yeah, it'd it'd be a chance to, sh- to show, like, to the boys, like, oh, if there's ever a time I've got to pretend to be someone I'm not, now's the time. Yeah. <laughs> what well, I've got, I've got the backing <laughs> of 10 other people, eh?
1: If I want it's a like, contract for
2: life, let's go. I um I, I, I had it really tested. I, was, I told you guys a story about the, the meth head, eh, that... that yeah. Bit, broke yeah. my bike and tried to beat the shit yeah. out of me on the side of the road and that was yeah. that was if I'd been alone that would have been very different but when you have when you know there's someone else there that if you that that he's gonna he's gonna beat the shit out of one of you and there's the other ones like a 17 year old and you're like mm, I guess this is my time I have step up right mm.
0: but there's always yeah There's always a time you've got to, I, I don't think I've never, no, I know for sure that I've never, ever come to like blows with a, a driver. Like I've never, like I've had road rage and everything. And what about the the
2: DMX that you dropped? That was a pretty interesting story.
0: Oh yeah. That was a long time ago now.
2: (laughs) Have you ever heard this Jonesy? No,
1: I haven't. That wasn't on the run sheet.
0: I've ever heard. Come
1: on, what happened?
0: I sort of vaguely remember. I remember I stiff armed him. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and he
2: yeah. coming the other way. I like being, how yeah. it
1: starts with like one person says on the thread, "Hey, can you tell more Biffo stories?" <laughs> it's <All> like, right. <laughs> right, hey, what are you? How long are you got? I, <laughs> I, I remember
2: going. the DMX story quite well. So if you've got hazy details, I reckon I can fill you in. I can fill the blanks. You tell it, George. You go. Okay. So from what I understood from this day was you were out on a group ride, riding two abreast and you were riding towards, you were riding down this road near the skate park and this kid on a BMX started riding straight towards you guys on the wrong side of the road and trying to be a tough guy and went in the middle of the two to make the, the, the group go around him and he thought he was all tough like yeah I'm making these cyclists split down the middle and go around me and of course he gets to the back of the group and you just stick your hand out and take him clean off his bike <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah I just close hanged him <laughs>
2: To all
1: those kids out there, don't do that. Don't ride your BMX through a group bunch because there could be a bully at the back. and you're like
0: He wasn't a kid kid though. He was like the same age as me and I was like 11. (laughs) What
2: did he do
1: when he hit the deck? (laughs) When when that guy hit the deck, surely he got up with a busted back and scabs all over him thinking, how was that ever going to end other than what I got? Like, Mate, what the fuck was he thinking?
0: Mate, sometimes
1: you got to, learn to listen to yeah, the tough yeah, way. Yeah, but, but it's a male thing. It's a male thing. You'd never hear mm. three women telling that story going, yeah, one day this this crazy woman just, bro, right? <laughs> what is it about blokes? We love <laughs> this shit. <Yeah. laughs>
2: I love it. I like how this has all been around roundabout way to talk about what happened to Paris. I can't remember what we were getting there to talk about. Yeah. What was
1: that? Yeah. Oh, sorry, it was me, Mike. Oh, adjust
0: it. Um, oh, I I like the Biffo stories. They yeah, they're always good to like back from the the bottom of the memory. Eh? Yeah.
1: Everyone loves a good once, Biffo a,
0: story. I once in a French amateur race unclipped and jumped off my bike onto another guy. <laughs> I think I've told yeah, that we, story on here before. Told that you Superman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we're recycling him And then I then I beat him up, and then I got a uh, disqualified. Nah, but
2: I had a bit of Biffo at um, UAE. Because there was one day, one guy was just clearly too much coffee or I don't know. He was on it. He was a very stressed out individual this day and a great wasn't video. She, wasn't of-
0: Shane Archibald, was it? No, nah, it wasn't Shane Archibald Did you have this over with Novi. No, nah, but when he's had a couple of, when he's had a couple too many coffees before the start, he's, he's a it's, chatty he's bloke guy. <laughs>
2: um, so I was going in with the new year, new me, let's make friends with everybody approach. But it was pretty windy on stage one. And I was like, right, just riding in the wind out the front, just being full domestic. Because we, we had like a sprinter, a lead out man, three guys riding GC and just two guys helping, you know. So I was having to do a bit of like flat work and wind work and all this stuff. And we're going down this hill at like 80k an hour and I'm just keeping the boys at the front in the crosswinds. And then suddenly like from behind, like really 80k an hour down this hill with quite hard crosswinds. I suddenly just get this huge push right across the road like someone just takes their hands off the handlebars and just throw me across the road to make space and I've got all my team on the back I've got a I'd hate to think how many million euros are sitting on my back wheel you know and oh, yeah. and I'm thinking oh mate right so I luckily didn't have to say anything My teammate stepped in because he saw it all and just rips into the sky and I thought, man that guy's pretty brave, but okay whatever know, anyway, we get to the finish, there's nearly this huge crash and all this stuff in the final. Looking on Twitter, and I see this video of the guy And about 4K to go or something like this. He literally had taken his hands off the bars, pushed this AG2R bloke across the wheel in front of everybody. Everyone stands on the brake. Our sprinter's got both feet unclipped, scraping along the ground. And then somehow they didn't kick him out of the race. So the next morning we arrive, and he was from Bahrain, and we saw the commissaries at their tent just giving them a the telling off and we like we all wind down the windows like yeah kick them out you know like giving them shit. <laughs> <Get him laughs> home. And You're going
1: home in the back of a dabby. van.
2: we were all just like yeah we like winding them up, you know, like get them out of here because it's actually like it was actually so dangerous. It's like, you know, it's it's one of those things where they should you know they should probably judge people on intent not on sur- on outcome, right? You know like mm. Like mm. Dylan and Poland, for example, you know, that was a yeah, terrible yeah. outcome. So he got, mm. they came down hard. But this yeah. guy literally got away with it. And, and then Steve O, you, you, know, you know, he's now the director of Fly Rain, Sharon, listener of the show. To his, he, great, like, he knows. He came in and said, he apologized on behalf. He said, guys, I saw uh, the it, on it. He just. He read you know, we don't condone. We don't condone that in our team. And I was like, oh, "Good on you, mate." So then everything was good, you know.
0: That that was actually that was like fifteen k to go. Because oh, that's fifteen k to go. Yeah, because we're. I'd been riding the front um for the better part of the stage with uh a couple of guys from Quick Step and and Damien Housen. and uh, I felt it was fucking insane because Damo had basically been in two two positions of the bunch the whole day, either first wheel or last wheel, you know. So he's, pulling all day, and then me and him were, like, rotating out. So, like, I'd do 40K on the, on the front, then I'd go back, have a bit of a rest here, do 40K. We're sort of swapping out, trying to save us a little bit. And we'd just done the final chase, closed the breakdown, literally caught the break, and then that was about a K later. So we caught the break, and then Dam and I were fucked. It was 45 degrees. We got half bloody heat stroke. So we've gone from the front of the bunch to the back of the bunch in the space of about one kilometer. And just as we got to the back of the bunch, that happened. And the whole bunch swerved, and Damo was hit, literally hit the guy in front of him. His back wheel was almost vertical off the ground. His feet were out, and he's just like sitting on his top tube with his back wheel about half a meter off the ground. Both his feet sliding along the road, I was just like, oh. he's going down. He is going down, and he held it up. Somehow he held it up. But he was like the poor bastard who'd been on the front all day, finally got to go to the back, job's done. And then fucking Jonathan Milan decided to try to throw this agent to our guy to the other side of the well, what was he
2: thinking? Mate? I've heard of Russia Bloods to the Head and you do something stupid. Maybe you brush handlebars, maybe you but literally for no reason, this guy just saw someone in his personal space and the mm. guy what what was his name, sorry? Milan. Milan Milan. Um I think he's f- literally a first year
0: pro. I think this might be his first ever race.
2: Well no he was
0: it was a last year. He, oh, he's it- Olympic champion. He's in the Italian team suit team.
1: Oh, that's so okay. That so goes down a rabbit hole though. But like Sargon comes out and says, I'm sick of getting pissed on in the bunch. And for people that don't know cycling, give us some insight, Bills, on like, is this a problem with people getting pissed on in the bunch now? Like, don't when I was there, there was an etiquette which is you know, the race leader needs a piss, everyone pulls over and takes a piss. But well, now it sounds now like it's a, a slap, it's a slash thon.
0: Well, What's it's going better getting. It's better than getting shat on your whole career like I have. <laughs> oh, no, <And, man. laughs> um, nah, I don't know. Do people piss on people? I haven't been pissed I, on. I, I, my, I, my gut I, I shot a, is... I did the my fake piss on is. George in UAE.
1: <laughs> oh, that I was know, pretty look funny. look like you're flopping it out and you're not doing anything. George had <laughs> the, the, gone.
0: The bunch is on the right-hand side of the road and George was like hard left on this little down. We're having a, like a rolling piss, you know, so we're still he's still moving he's just having to... Even a piss. And then I saw him. So I've like come out of the bunch hard left. And I just pulled my drink bottle out and put it between my legs. And as I went past I <laughs> just screwed my my drink bottle all over him. And he's like, Oh, you fuck. I was <laughs> so like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then I just, I just held up my drink bottle. It's like, oh you fucker. But I
1: reckon with Sargon, I reckon because they've they've hired him for you know marketing. And if you're not getting results, you got to create a headline. Like, mm. otherwise,
2: like, how are you going to get the exposure? I think people need to be careful. Who calls for respect? You need to – how do I say this? Uh, you – Just fucking say it. <laughs> no, no. <it'd> be like, <laughs> what, are you, then... <laughs> what are you worried about, mate? What if you had a filter? Well, I'm just saying, like, yeah, there's Respect. But like, okay, getting pissed on is one thing, but um, going right to left in a bunch sprint is also a form of respect, right? Not yeah, yeah. That. So yeah. let, let's fucking rein it in a little bit. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. But how? Do, I I don't know that. Like I've never experienced. I don't think anyone's pissing on anybody on purpose, are they? Yeah, I feel like that's also <laughs> a real bizarre criticism of the football yeah, Because when, yeah,
1: when you read it, it sounds like everyone is pissing on everyone. It's not the yellow jersey, it's the golden <laughs> jersey. Like, what is going on? <laughs> um, on
0: the stockyards. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My that's only question like. to
2: that is there's marginal gains and less people are stopping for a piss and they're pissing off the bike. And maybe if you piss on the wrong side of the pillow if you're pissing in the windy side there's a bit Mm. of spray back the only problem i have is i piss on my shoes and you know obviously my partner in the is in the shoe business and it definitely leads to a bit of extra um anti you know a bit of extra time with the wash basket you know like I'm, Mm. i'm because if you piss on your shoes and they you don't clean your shoes that's a that's a disaster over three weeks mm. Mm. It's,
0: yeah it's a, it's interesting eh? it's a bizarre
2: but getting people pissing all over me isn't the top of the list
0: no nah. yeah and yeah i've got a lot like you say but the, the, the funniest the, i
1: ever saw was in tour of turkey in 2012 we're in the team car and gossy rolls up and he goes i need a shit like, come up to the car, and we go, No, I was on Slovenia. 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 Yeah, that's right. And he goes, I need a shit. And we're like, Well, yeah, what do you want us to do? <laughs> and he goes, I need a racing cap or toilet paper. Like, and we're like, Fuck, like, has anyone got a cap? Like, you know, you're not prepared for this stuff. But a lot of mechanics have a bog roll just sitting hmm. in the front seat just in case. And just as we come around the corner, there was a servo. So he's like, Right, write the sprint off. I'm going in the servo, I'm doing it properly and I'll make time cut. Like that was it. And that was really? my first year. So it was my first insight to, oh, hang on. These guys need to
2: piss in every now and then to take a shit. Like well, no i take a it. shit in the race. But I heard nah. a horrific story about a guy who was in the breakaway in the Tour de France 2012 stage, Trenton won. Mm. And to the break, 12 guys up the road. The brakes going to the line, going to win. You know so you get a one in 12 chance and this guy was reasonably fast so he probably had a bit more of a chance um anyways guts a crook 50k to go and he's like oh, oh no. shit. man this is not good podcast material jesus people don't want to hear this but all
1: right
2: <laughs> Why do you even want to hear this? And I'm telling the story, no. but, all right, for
1: this, for sure. yeah, but who else is talking about it Because they're going, oh, this isn't a good podcast. You
2: hear it here first.
1: How to write snap a what wet happened
2: to this guy? Is he's like he goes to the team car. And he's like, I need to take a shit. And they're like, mate, 40k to go Tour de France victory coming. Just fucking hold it. And he's like, I can't. And he said, give me some scissors scissors what okay they pass some scissors he chop. he takes unzips his jersey chops his bib shorts like the straps on your bib shorts so he can pull his pants down pulls his pants down goes to the back of the breakaway leans over the back of his bike and takes it up with diarrhea but the problem was oh, fuck, like, oh. <laughs> oh okay anyway so we're just going to suck it through this and then we'll and we'll Oh, so he's, he's getting the rooster. The rooster. Oh. <laughs> This is a great story. So he's getting the rooster tail all up the pack. Thomasia car, lim <laughs> car number one. Oh, he's the motor driver. The is just getting fucking sprayed by the
0: And he, I know who this guy is, and he's got a quite a specific nickname now that I want. <laughs> Yeah. I would probably started to say on the show. Well,
1: Best Alan Davis, really Alan Davis had the same thing at the Giro, and I think it was Stage Eight, and he did it into a cap, and then he threw the cap, and he reckons he was right, and he turned back, and he saw this kid like chasing <laughs> off after the cap, like it was a freebie. Like imagine that kid, like it's shocking. Like this is oh. this is life, mate. This is life.
0: I love oh, how we are we're just, like, we've just dedicated this episode to just throwing people under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Albie loves telling that story. Oh, loves
1: it. He called it Stage 8 sore Date. That was his, oh. his whole thing. He didn't give a shit. Or well, he did at the time. But he yeah. did give a shit. Yeah, exactly. that's it. Well, there you go. You want so those off. insights?
2: So apologies for that story.
1: Yeah. No, it's fine. Um it's real alarm. So, fellas, for our Aussie listeners, I'm going to be on uh, Millionaire Hot Seat. So, it's who wants to be a millionaire, but Millionaire Hot Seat in Australia on Thursday, five o'clock. So, that's the 10th of March, if you're listening uh, live-ish. And I can't. Problem is, they get you to sign this bloody NDA, so you can't say what happened on the show. But the audition to get on, I remember seeing an ad like, you know, if you want to be part of Millionaire Hot Seat, and it was in lockdown, I was like, yeah, I do i do like what do i gotta do so so i got on and i thought oh, well my general knowledge is rough as guts but i'll spin a good yarn you know why not and then they do this audition process and you've got to spin shit about yourself for a minute so I so short are, they this edit- for,
2: are they looking for people that know shit about anything or are they just looking for personalities that are going to make a good show because like do they want people to go far? Do they want and like you know? I think it's a mix. Quality?
1: I think you need like one nerd in the six, like that's going to give it credibility. Because if you've got you know six Jonesies, it's just going to bomb out.
2: Get to a grand, are you a team? Is that and... how it works, or is it individual?
1: No, it's individual, but you can pass. So if you don't know the question, you get one pass. So early oh, on, you right. can go no, don't know. Pass and there's a fastest finger at the start, and they give away grants just to fill an out. But I, I went in thinking, think TV, think what they're looking for, you know, just ham it up. you had to
0: audition. You had to audition to get a spot.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you fill in an online questionnaire and just ham up the stories, you know, yeah, done the tour a few times and, you know, whatever. And, you know, told them a few yarns. And then they do this Zoom chat. And two weeks later, they go, yeah, no, we've shortlisted you. Do you want to jump on for a Zoom chat? And I said, like, yeah, sure. So they get on, they go, oh, talk about yourself for a minute. I go, oh, okay. Well, you know, I work in media and that, but I used to work at a toothpaste factory. I was telling him the story about when I botched the home brand batch of toothpaste, and they oh, the ended up cutting all of that. That's it. I told him that story, and the lady goes, "They all pissing themselves, <laughs> particularly when I got sacked and five blokes in lab coats had to push my car out because I couldn't start it." So I literally said they pushed me out the door from Ensign Laboratories. And she goes, "Uh, that is a great story, but you didn't mention once about the Tour de France. I said, ah, nah, toothpaste, way better yarn. And I think they're thinking, oh, well, he's got a few in the kit bag. let's get him on. And, yeah, then I was in the car and they rang and they said, oh, and it broke up. And I said, who's this? And they go, oh, it's, you know, Rachel from Moon Air Seat. I said, oh, I think I want to take this call. And she goes, oh, yeah, just wanting – to tell you that you're on Moon Air Hot Seat and uh I said, hang on, hang on. I have got the kids Tuesday and Wednesdays. Uh when is it? And she says, what? I said, oh, I can't do it Tuesdays, Wednesdays. And she goes, oh, it's Monday. And I said, oh, I'll lock it in, Eddie. I'll be in. And I could hear people in the background pissing themselves laughing. So I was like, yeah, no, I went in hot and I got a lot of air time, but I can't I can't say what happened on the show. So listen to the next episode. I'll go blow by blow. What went down? I on noticed you state. are wearing a new Rolex. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't say, mate. NDA, NDA all the way. So, but yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. So I'm not, a, I'm actually not going to watch it because I know what happened on the show, but I just want to see the phone light up with all these people because it's nationwide. I'll get the phone going. Ah, oh, yeah, mad dog. Sorry, you know, I had hot say ah oh, was also awesome. whatever. Yeah, just... you idiot? How did you not know the capital of Australia? You fucking clown! How'd you get that math question <laughs> wrong? Isn't your old man a math teacher? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not giving it. Did I'm not you... giving away. But there was a there was one simple question. I think Eddie said, and everyone got that wrong. Oh, Dan got it wrong. My <laughs> <He probably didn't. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> well, hands on the head, like just Jesus. Uh, and then my
0: confidence was shot, but. I'll make a comeback, so. I can't Did wait. You give the, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you give the Social Distance Podcast a shout-out on there, now that we sell sellouts? Now that we're uh, commercial sellouts?
1: No, I didn't. I didn't get a chance. Didn't get a chance. I got asked about the tour and that, but I played the man. Like Eddie was at the tour in 2012, so, yeah, played the man, pumped him up, so it's important. Um,
2: speaking of Australia... Man, sad news, eh? Warning. Oh, Man. shocking! It, that
1: that is the equivalent for an Aussie male of when, where were you when you heard the news of Princess die? Like mm. I was up. I'm working on a documentary at the moment for this Western United Footy Club, and I had to do this teaser. So I come on board. Four months in, they've sacked the director, and they said, "Look, we need you to mop it up." And I said, "Oh, okay, no worries." So I've been on it for a month, and they need this teaser. So when you're trying to sell it for a streamer you need to cut like five minutes of the best thing. And I'd done the first minute and I was like, yeah, oh, you need it like Monday. Yeah, no worries. I'm thinking, shit, how am I going to do this? And then I just had that, you know, when you get those moments where you get revved up, I'm just going to smash it tonight. Got the kids to bed, 10 o'clock, start editing. I was just about to go to bed and then you messaged me, Bills, and you send a screenshot of like, you know, Shane Warne's dead at 52. And I thought, oh, that's a that's." I didn't crazy. believe it. I... Nah. no.
2: That's a hoax. That's one of those. You click it and you get... Because they did this with Nathan McCullum. Oh, they yeah? Said they, Brendan McCullum's brother. They said, yeah, Brendan, uh, Nathan McCullum's died a couple of years ago. And it turned out it was... Oh, yeah. It was shit. Oh, Siri's on. Get off, Siri. <laughs> um, get out of it.
1: Get out of it. But I, I was so awake after that message because I'm in shock. Like, I was literally <laughs> in shock. I stayed up till four in the morning and cut the teaser and was just like, it was just an out-of-body experience that entire day. And then, yeah,
2: with the stuff, kind of it guy. still can't sink in. I, I thought he'd be the kind of guy that couldn't die. You know what I mean? I thought he'd be the guy that goes to 100. Like, I thought yeah. he'd be McDecker, mm. you know? Smoked that many durries. <clears> ate <throat> like, that shit, you know, loves, you know, how many cans of VB has that guy put away? But, mm. you know, just wouldn't – you just – Mm.
0: Yeah, I was shocked because like yeah. I was, because Rod Marsh had died like 12 hours prior or something and mm. um, I got a message from someone saying like send me the link to this you know this, twi- this tweet that Warnie had just died and I was like first I was like what the fuck that's, that's not true like I, for straight mm. away I was the same as you George I was like nah he can't die Warnie's not going to yeah. die especially especially die. now so then I like jumped on the internet straight away and like Googled Shane Warne's death or whatever and nothing came up. And even on Wikipedia it said like Warren's a ex cricket player, current, current commentator for whoever, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, nah, it's bullshit. It's not true. And then five minutes later I was like, oh fuck, it's true. And like I was a I was just lying in my hotel bed at Strata. And uh like I was actually I nearly cried. Like I was actually yeah, yeah, shocked. Yeah hey? like I was gutted. And yeah. like we 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 did warn you on uh Back in the old days of the show, we used to do legend or balling, you know? Yeah. He, was he, was he, 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 he was a unanimous
2: legend. He was a unanimous legend. He was an unanimous legend.
0: But, like, no matter what way... Like, he had his flaws, obviously, and, you know, no matter He's what way you look soul. at That's him... That's why you liked him, though. Because he was just, like... Yeah. He was he basically it.
2: just, like, one of your mates that, mm. that had somehow found himself as the most famous cricket player in history and yeah. still just
0: acted like one of your mates. Like... But, and, like... Regardless of whether you think he's a legend or a balend, he was the greatest at both.
2: And yeah. it's interesting you know, for it's people not... that don't watch like follow cricket or anything, like my trainer, because I put a story up, you know, like oh sad day, cricket, or whatever. And my trainer like sent me like three photos, the South African guy doesn't know, doesn't follow cricket. Three photos, and it was like Warney like with like three hookers, Warney with <laughs> um smoking a dart. And eating a pie and then warner you like taking a walk or something three photos. He's like, is this the guy you're talking about and i was like yeah that's him and he's like oh i can see why you miss him <laughs> <laughs> but talkback radios lit
1: up here in australia and they're all people ringing in sharing like warning stories mm-hmm. there's a guy mm-hmm. who was like a security at a hotel and he said to Warney, he was going out for darts and beers every 40 minutes he goes mate you can't take your beer out there and he goes why not he goes, well, you can't. He goes, yeah, no worries, mate. Put his beer down. He goes, don't you steal it. And then he goes out and he had to transist the radio with a dart. He was listening to the footy. And then he went back in. He was going out every 20 minutes, but he was telling the guy the footy scores every time he went out. He goes, hey, mate, you know, Saints are up by 14 points. He goes, oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> so they become mates. And this bloke's told him, hey, you can't take a beer there. A Normal guy would be going, I'm Shane Moore. I'll, scale- yeah, oh, I'll yeah, do yeah, whatever I, do what I want. I want. Like, piss off. Yeah. Whereas he's like, no, nah, you're just doing your job. Gives him
2: his beer and giving him footy scores. There's been a lot to it's take a... in over the last few weeks, it man, mm. we thought mm. we thought COVID nineteen was the height of our
0: issues. Mm. I'm
2: a bit more I'll worried. um, Enough I'll words. try to lift
0: this. I'll, mm. I'll lift the spirits a bit for you and blows some do. more, blows some more smoke up our own asses. Um, a mm. good friend of ours, Jens Morris, who used to race with us on Green Edge, he's doing a university course at the moment and he's he did one of his um what do you call it in uni like if you're doing like a paper and you have like is it sequence or like case case studies or something and it was about like because he's doing it in like site like um sort of psychology sort of stuff like helping out um like disabled adults like that's what he does now like works in a home helping out disabled adults and things and he he did one on it was it was about communication or like um how people connect. And he did it. He used our show as his case study, and he got an A. Really? He said he said the, the Apparently, the chemistry amongst us three is good. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm they the shit.
2: need to run a of him. <laughs> they need to, yeah. Yeah. Run <laughs> that through the uh, AI generator again. Yeah. Jeez. Oh,
1: that that's is, good.
2: You know. it's, obviously, we haven't pulled back the curtain enough on our group chat. The communi- the communication oh, yeah. when we can arrange to record it. Yeah,
1: I, I just remember Jens was like an absolute diesel on the cans. Like he's oh, yeah. one of those guys that you know when you go drinking with mates, you got some that like you just don't know what you're going to get out of him. You know, they could be two pot screamers or whatever. He was just he'd have one speed. It was about fourth gear, and he just drink at the same pace. You know, mm-hmm. and if you if you try to sit on his wheel by about one two o'clock, yeah, I'd blown you off. You're on, on your back. Yeah. I did a
2: training camp with Jens once um, and Bules and Heffy and Dennis Van Wyndham. So we were like five guys. And I arranged this house. We're going to before the Welter, early days professional. And we were going up there to like lock it down, get lean, train. And we stayed up every night till about three in the morning playing poker. Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just gambled and we were so fucked. Go training.
0: We had some big poker games, eh? That camp.
2: Oh man!
0: I remember like going to like three in the morning, and I think it was me and Yinzie still left, with only two left playing, and we had half the pot each. And I was just like, oh. Oh, this "Cool, game's ne- this game's never going to end." And I think we just went all in on one hand or something. Yeah, yeah. only way to do it, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Got to. Yeah. Anything Go else on. we need to wrap up? Oh, what about Paranese? Uh, Jumbo. Top- Paranese, oh yeah, that's what
2: we were getting at before we start talking about drivers and M3s beating the shit out of you. So, crazy to think that Poggy's win, which was one of the most outrageous, best wins in, maybe in the history of cycling, I don't know. I mean, it's very up there, was not even necessarily the craziest thing that happened in three mm. days of cycling. Mm. So Jumbo Visma just went one, two, three in this in this carry stage but well, i thought the most interesting thing about that was as they will come to the line as i was trying to work out who they're going to give it to because Roglic needed the time bonus for the gc walt would have won if it was a race but they gave it to the new guy christophe laporte and mm. i think that was an absolute culture culture we didn't, we didn't have big fans in france because in 2020 we we rode everywhere and we sort of killed the tour. let's say you know like we suck the life mm. out of it in a big way. And with the French who love with the, with the bouchon, you know, they, yeah. they didn't really love us and they've signed one French guy, Christophe, new guy on the team. And I reckon they made a very good decision. Yep. Putting him first. Mm. But they're you're right. It's about the culture the as well. Like mm-hmm. he,
0: they're in France. Robert. Yeah. You could argue that like those extra four seconds might help rockets down the line, but and, and if he, carry he loses carry but, by four seconds yeah
2: then you look back and
0: say that was a mistake mm. but but until that happens i think it was a good decision because mm. they've given it to a french guy in france that's one thing but also just in the team environment like he's a domestique and he mm. he's the one who he set that move up and he's going to be working for what went in every single classic over the next six weeks you know putting his putting his balls on the line for walt in and all, in all those races and then presumably if he goes to the tour it's uh it's all in for Roglic. so he he's a domestique who's going to spend his has been a part of his time at jumbo dedicated to those two guys um and it's it's such a it's it's a gift that you can it's easily given yeah and, not, and never and, and not easily right not easily forgotten you know but
2: like that is a bizarre situation like that's been a dream situation for me because i've never been able to out sprint anybody right so the only way I'm, if, unless i'm coming to a line solo i need to get a gift you know and like yeah i can't believe it with it when steve dro- was it steve R, the last guy or was yeah. it yeah um, yeah steve R. when he let that wheel go i was just thought what this is fucking most outrageous thing i've seen like well because it was, it was like a before,
0: but it was, an o- it was an overhead shot when Stiebel lost the wheel. And I just saw one guy getting get dropped. I was like, oh, there goes Laporte. He's dropped. Because he set it up. He started from the bottom of, of the hill when just basically went full gas from bottom to the top. And then I was like, oh, Laporte's gone. That makes sense. He's just done a 1K pull. And then they went back and it was just those three guys. I was like, holy shit, what am I watching? And, mm-hmm. like, it was ultimately a, a flat stage. Like, it wasn't even, like... It was, wasn't even like a massive defining feature. It was a one K climb with six K to go that we do all the time in bike races. But they came into it so fast and one so, one line. Yeah, was
1: the, the, the closest we ever come at Green Edge was one stage at Torino. I was in car two and Heyman and Durbo got in the break. And I was Excited. like, oh my brain was like, Holy shit, we got two guys in the break. This never happens. And they're solid. But only those two. It was just those Only ones. those two. Yeah, Durbo and Heyman. Off the front, and they yeah, let that him would have go. Been world slow. it go. Was, was Hayman slow as well in the sprint?
0: No, Hayman's Heyman, fast. Oh, is yeah. It? oh okay. but, yeah, yeah. But Heyman's
1: then um, we had Vittorio in the team car, and his English isn't good. So I just said, Give me the mic, mate. So I'm like, DS, just going, right, hey, fellas, uh, coming up to a corner here in about 500, you know, just easy.
2: And that would actually be the hardest break to bring back. Those two are like strongest in the world. Like, they are the two. The two guys that I'd say let's not put either of those like let's not allow either of those in the break because that'd be real hard to bring back. Well did, buddy didn't want
0: I help them get caught as they ate shit?
1: <laughs> they, ate, they ate shit on a corner. So I'm in there going, Yeah, heads up, boys. You've Got a sharp right hand corner. I was just I was thinking I was grabbing a sandwich and they ate shit on a tight right hander. I hadn't given them a heads up. There's no TS. <laughs> and the guy, microphone again. No. Nah. I even said afterwards, he goes, Where's the fucking heads up on that tight right hand? I said, Sorry, mate. I was grabbing was my ham age? and cheese in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, well. oh, and he had skin all off his back. And I was like, Yeah, just, just take it easy, boys. The brakes, they're <laughs> catching you. They've chewed three minutes in the last 2K. That's
2: all right, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Sit up. And Perry News today is going to be bloody World War III. I saw it was from like north to south with full gas crosswind the whole way. Is Yeah. It's already exploding right now. Oh, all Good.
0: Right. I wanted something to watch. And Torino. Yeah. Torino starts today as well. torino Adriatico, And that's. I today,
2: think no, tomorrow. No, it's normally Tuesday. It starts.
0: No, it starts today. Oh,
1: so, yeah. does it come back today. I used to love Torino. That was a great race. Mm. I flooded. Oh, I that's... flooded a um, bedroom once there when they were doing the ice baths. And I took the hose out, and I thought oh, I'll just put that on the ground because it wasn't leaking water. But it pumped all the water out and flooded about I don't know, you know, half a foot of water in my room when I got out of the shower. And then <laughs> we were room with other teams, and they just see the top room of green edge, like we are sweeping water out. And then it was leaking onto other team. Oh, it was a shit fight. And then get, yeah, I, I think I blew up. Gary, the mechanic was charging one of the Shimano things and it just short circuited. So when I got back to Girona, I got to check in my bags at the airport and they said, no, you're seven kilos overweight. I go, what? They said, seven kilos overweight. And they weighed it. My suitcase was 27 kg. So I just paid it. I was in a rush. The asshole put a brick in my suitcase and wrote Bonaparte Fat Boy <laughs> on the brick for blowing up his Shimano fucking gear set or whatever he was charging because I flooded the room at Torino. So I kept the brick because it cost me 150 euro. Bonaparte Fat Boy with smiley face oh. <laughs> mechanics. Oh fuck. Oh
0: anyway, god. Good times. <laughs> All right. Good All try, right. boys yeah um, any admin have we got any admin nah, oh no we've so well. spoken
1: to the guys at the DM and we said the most important thing moving forward is merch and uh, they've, they're have they on caps so we're going to do a logo we're going to get some caps we're going to get stuff that says merch yeah. on it everyone asks us about merch it is definitely coming trust us
0: so we're going to we're going um, to redo the logo because we basically haven't got one mm. um, so should are we, you handballing we... it to
1: Caitlin or what are you doing well, I was oh, going to
0: say, should we handball it to the listeners again, like we do everything else? Oh yeah, we're <laughs>
1: chucking a, we'll chuck a jersey. Shirt. <laughs> Did you send your jerseys to the listeners, George?
0: No, <laughs> we've got to, we've I got to do addresses. that. Oh shit! No, I've got them. I've got the addresses, so we're okay. going to do that. We're We're good week. for it. We're good for it. We're, we're, Robbie right, Dawson, he's hanging out. Yeah, we're, we're going to do that. Right. We'll send. We'll send a few jerseys. Um and we'll chuck in a free cap with a new logo on it if you create a logo for us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's coming. Merch is coming. That's all you need
0: to know. Can't wait. All right. All, right. all right. See you all in a couple of weeks. See you in two Tuesdays time. Sweet. Thanks for listening. Like, share, subscribe.